Pushes a bunt to third. James to first. He's out. What a way to end it. And what a way to end a drought. Mississippi State, the national champions, destroying Vanderbilt 9-0. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Put It in the Vault podcast. I'm August Fort alongside Bates. Happy to be here. Phil, the dude effect. Ernest. Matt McClung won the dog contest. Who's that, Ernest? White guy on a two-day contract with the Philadelphia 76ers. You a fan of his? Yeah, he played pretty uh, well at Texas Tech. So Yeah, yeah Georgetown first, Texas Tech transfer. Yeah, true, true. Y'all, y'all know a lot more about that guy than I do, but let's get right into it, Bates. Virginia Military Institute this week, this week, this past weekend, the cadets, 2-1, and one, terrible loss on Saturday, but Bates, give me your overall thoughts from this weekend of baseball. A lot to be excited about, a lot to be worried about. Um, yeah, you see flashes, the two tra- Larry, two transfers, Larry and Ledbetter, uh, you know, about as solid as the one-two punch at the top of the lineup that we've had in recent years. Um, and pretty much one through eight we can hit. You know, we've got hitters all through the lineup. <laughs> you uh, forget the nine spot, base. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he's out there for defense. Soon to be um, one through nine. And uh, But the, on the defensive side of the ball and the pitching – uh, a lot to be left desired. You know, once you get to well, it, it even hurt us against VMI, but you can't be having you know two three errors a game, um, and then walking, you know, close to double digits, and then allowing double digit stolen bases as well. Just a lot of bad when we were yeah. when we had our guys in the field, but a lot of good when we were swinging the bat. Yeah. So Phil, before I get to you, Bates, one more thing: Would you say on the spectrum of excitement to concern? Where would you say if, if 100 is excitement and zero is concern, where, where are you on the spectrum? Probably about a six, right there in the middle. Like on a one to 100? Oh, I heard one to 10. All right. <laughs> 60. 60. Okay. Um, if you like offense, this will be the team for you. We'll have a, probably a lot of 20 to 15 uh, type games, not a lot of the 1 0 nail biters. All right, Phil, let, let's get your analysis and then I'll get mine. All right. I really enjoyed this weekend being back, uh, watching the boys play at the Dude. Uh, atmosphere was okay, um, but it'll just get rolling as we get into the thick of things here. Really uh, like to take what Bo- what Bates said about the lineup, that we can really swing it. And there's a lot of pointing fingers and a lot of early judgments coming out about pitching and the coaching staff, and I just want that to settle in. Sure, you hate to see a second game loss, Um one more one of the perennial powers uh, in college baseball, but I mean, it's going to take a while to get it figured out and, and know who can pitch and who can't. And right now, it seems like all the guys that last year when we couldn't pitch, when we put them in this year, they're still a detriment to the team. So uh, we got we got to really bleach those guys out of here and put in the good arms, and we'll figure that out as the season goes along. And so I'm excited for that. Yeah. So. A couple of my big takeaways are, is one, this is Virginia Military Institute. Their team ERA, I look, was north of seven last year. That's insane. They, they won go- 16 games. Yeah, they won 16 games last year. This is a new coach, so, you know, he, he obviously – these guys were playing pretty mm-hmm. motivated this weekend. I mean, they're obviously it's – a team like this plays us, they're going to play their best ball. But, you know, so that, that means I say that to say the offense pretty much did – 
you know, what we should expect to do versus a team like that. I'm not saying – I mean, I think we had an exceptionally great weekend. I mean, you look at the numbers, you're like, these are crazy good numbers for, for a weekend. So, yeah, not, not a lot to complain about on the offensive side. I thought Bryce Chance, a, a guy that not a lot of people talked about in the preseason, you know, not this past fall, but even the fall before that, he was he arguably was our best hitter. And then he retroed last year, and I was very pleased to see him play well this weekend. Guy that really had a great approach at the plate. Phil, you talked about this at the game. He was really looking to hit the ball the other way, drove the ball, line drives to right field. Very good approach for Bryce Chance. Amadi Larry looks like a bona fide star just through one weekend. You know, I heard on the radio today, you think about it, this is our third straight transfer second baseman, starting with Scotty DeBrule, last year R.J. Yaker, this year Amadi Larry. And you're looking at a guy that could potentially be our third straight transfer second baseman to pan out. Very well. So, great weekend for him. Argue, uh, you make a great argument he could should be in consideration for SEC Player of the Week. Nine RBIs, a home run, three doubles, uh, eight for 14 at the plate. Great weekend. Uh, Kellum Clark, two home runs today. One of the farthest balls I've seen hit by a Mississippi State player at that yes. stadium. That ball was a absolute no-doubter. Kellum's got that type <laughs> of power, though. He's always had it. Really good to see him get some good swings. Dakota Jordan, a guy that a lot of people like, – the most surprising part of the weekend for me was Dakota Jordan hitting the three-hole. I, I couldn't believe we did that to a freshman. Obviously, he's got enormous potential. Looks like he can really swing. And, uh, Phil, you, you got something you want to say real quick? Uh, no, I think it was a little bit premature to put him in the three-hole uh, as a true freshman. And he looked a little lost in his first few at-bats, but – he settled in and hit one right on the nose today, like 116 off the barrel. Yeah, he I did smoke the ball. But I, I was interested in that. You know, for, for freshmen, you, I don't really have high expectations for freshmen. I think Hunter Hyde's exception last year was incredibly good, incredibly good season last year for Hunter Hyde as a freshman. And I, I tend to think a lot of state fans for these freshman hitters have too high of expectations you know, if Dakota Jordan hits 270 with 10 home runs this year and plays great defense, that's a that's a great season. So I mean, that's a, that's an all-SEC yeah. freshman type of year. I mean, some people out here expecting him to hit 370 with 15 home runs. That's just that's just unreasonable to do that as a freshman in the SEC. And then, yeah, obviously, the one guy that stands out on the bottom, Lane Forsythe, one hit and 11 at-bats this year, you know. And our, honestly, the, the at-bats didn't look good. Not a lot of, not a lot of hard contact. The defense wasn't dazzling either, which oh, exactly. is what we have him out there for. Lane Forsythe, two errors in the field, really uncharacteristic. I, I mean, I'm not a lane guy. This is not personal. It's just I just I, I think we can use this position better, and we'll get into that in a couple minutes before, after I talk about pitching. Let's slate all for three errors in the field just – this is not good, Phil. You texted me today when the third error happened. And I, they could have given him another error today, yeah. too. Could have been four. Yeah. But his fielding percentage is only 500 right now. So he's had, Jesus. he's made three outs and he's got three errors. So you really got to, I mean, he, he obviously he's a, he looks like a good athlete. Uh, I mean, I, I just, I, I think it really might be middle at this point. But pitching, I think it can be summed up pretty easily. Throw everybody we threw on Friday and Sunday. And Lamonis, for some reason, threw. All the garbage guys on the same day. It seemed like everybody that has control issues threw on Saturday, and we lost the game because of it. Yeah. Casey Hunt, Parker Stinnett. Parker Stinnett actually didn't walk a guy. He just got ripped. He, he got hammered. Um, but he was also throwing – he threw a lot of balls. 
yeah. as well. He yeah, did, he yeah. would get three zero counts, and then it's a yeah. Colby Holcomb, I didn't even lock the lock. Colby, I was just fixing to say Colby Holcomb, another guy, great arm, serious control issues, really struggled in the fall. Uh, we threw that lefty. I can't even remember the guy's name, but uh, out of VCU, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That um, Tyler Davis, he struggled yesterday mightily, and then. You know, today, though, you know, I thought our pitches were great. I thought we got a... I'm really starting to like Tyson. Uh, what's his last? Tyson Harden. Harden. Yeah, yeah he, he pitched Friday great today. today. Landon Garman, I thought, gave us a great start today. Yeah. Pounded his own. He's got good stuff, too. I think I, I knew coming in, Landon Garman was going to be a guy. We uh, A lot more strikes than balls. Which yeah, is he was going to be a guy see. we could depend on. He's been pitching for a while. Great year at Memphis last year. was really impressed with Landon Garman. But let's forecast a little bit. So, Bates, how would you handle the situation at shortstop? And also, let's throw into consideration, Luke Hancock's arm is not what it was when he stepped on the campus. He had some kind of shoulder or arm issue a couple years ago, and his arm just not has been the same. You saw 10 stolen bases off of him on Saturday. That's just – and I mean, Virginia military did run a lot more than most teams will face all year. But how would you handle things considering Hancock's arm – and Forsyth struggles at shortstop. Well, one, you can't be sure that that VMI is going to run a lot more than other teams because if they saw that success, I mean, a single was a double and a double was a triple. Um, And that's how they won that game was they got that extra base. And so they were – that one hit inning they were getting, they were scoring one or two runs on it every time. Um, As for the shortstop position, the – Bring up the defensive errors, I think that will straighten itself out, especially uh, if Hancock goes back to first permanently, um, not having a – Got like in Hines, uh, not having a guy you can trust to make a play out there really affects your throwing motion. Hines did look bad at first, so <laughs> yeah, there's multiple was. variables here. Yeah, and the fact that Hines did not look anything like I thought Hunter Hines would look like at first base. I mean, coaches said in the past Hines is a better athlete than people get a credit for, and not believe him. But Hines just did not look really comfortable at first base. So this just brings up, you know, if. Hunter Hines is going to be in the lineup. I mean, today – you, you got to have him hit Today, Lamona's kind of made a decision that we had to get Highfill in the lineup due, because of Hancock's arm. So, I mean, I thought Dakota Jordan would be the odd man out, but ended up being Hunter Hines. That's not going to happen. On a, that's not going to happen this weekend. Right. So, like, Phil, what, what would you do? I don't know. It's really difficult, too, the way Slate Alford's struggling at third base, too. That, that throws you into a loop for two guys defensively. Um, with Hancock behind the plate and Slate at third, and then with Forsyth not being able not to being able to carry his own weight in the field or hitting, yeah, there's like so many different factors, like you said. And then Hunter Hines is up in the air. You know, these midweek games are going to be a real big litmus test for some of these guys coming in second and third of the depth chart. And if they can start making some plays, they could find themselves in contention. I'm looking for like Aaron Downs to try to make a run, play third base a little bit this year. Um, David Mershon could be a, a shortstop opportunity behind Lane. Uh, and we've got three freshman catchers. And yeah. so Ross Highfield might have been the first one out today, but we've got two more to follow these next few weeks. You see, and it just complicates itself with the fact that, you know, Bryce Chance hit incredibly well in the DH spot. And base, I mean, Slate Alford smoked the ball. A very yeah, good weekend yeah. at the plate for Slate. And, you, you know, it just comes down to you got to find a way to get you. It Really, you want to get – all the bats in the lineup, and maximize your defensive ability, honestly. But then it might come down to picking one or the other. You know, yeah, you okay. might have to, you might have to end up settling with Hancock catching, so you can get 
nine bats in the lineup that can swing. Yeah. You know, and I know Amani Larry is a guy that could play shortstop, and I was thinking of scenarios where you could move Alford to second, which doesn't seem likely because he can't even play third, and I think second's a more demanding position than third base, and you could possibly, you know, slide somebody like Hancock to third, which I was thinking about that, and, you know, if his arm's not good enough to catch, would his arm be good enough to play third base? <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's really difficult, and honestly – one thing that's probably going to play itself out is you're not going to see six guys hit 600 in a weekend. Yeah. You know, you know, and I'm not wishing on anybody's downfall or saying it's going to happen, but you know, somebody like you know Bryce Chance or even Dakota Jordan, if he continues to struggle a little bit, one of those somebody's going to struggle offensively outside of lane Forsyth, and you'll just have we'll just have to go from there. But you know, honestly, I project. I think Hancock's – they're going to put him back behind the plate just because that enables our offensive ability. I think in the two midweek games, you're going to see up some – you're going to see a lot of these guys that pinch hit on Friday get to play in the midweek. And you're also going to see – I think you'll see a different guy take the field at shortstop in at least one of the two midweek games just to see – just so somebody can get some more reps at shortstop, whether that be Amani Larry sliding over shortstop or David Mershon getting some reps. I think there's a lot of possibilities, and that's why I'm fast. That's why I love midweek games, is because it really you can kind of test different things. But of course, you, you got to win the game. You got to win them, but you know it really opens up some possibilities. What you think about Lowe only using his right arm today, Bates? I mean, Durangelo. Yeah, Durangelo. I mean, he pitched good with his right arm. You know, everyone sees the left arm too. Um, I'm a bit. I'm all for him. You know, go out there and designate your right arm for a whole outing. As long as later we you know we get to see the left arm for a whole outing as well. <laughs> Um, you know, it, it's probably – I think he looked good. I think he looked good. His his right arm is electric. I yeah. think he's a yeah. legitimate MLB prospect with just his right arm. I mean, obviously this guy, it, it was good stuff from the right side, and he led the staff in strikes in the fall. So, I thought he looked great with his right arm. Phil, were you impressed with Lowe? Yeah, really, really big stuff. Uh, from him, and he gave up. I think it was like two hits, maybe an error. In infield, there too. But infield, they're all yeah, weird infield hits, kind of finding the little uh, weird spots in the defense. Um, and so, you know, not not to blame there. They weren't really making solid contact off of him, and uh, and his off speed was was moving all over the place. I mean, it was it was really good. It had the boot scoot and boogie, and so he was uh, he was good. I'd like to see his left hand, but I mean. If he's going to be a right-handed guy, I can't complain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If the worst thing you can say about a guy is that he didn't pitch with his other hand, I think that he's pretty good. Yeah, and I think state fans need to appreciate that, exactly. too, because this guy is incredibly talented as a freshman with just one of the arms. How does the, how does it work, though? Like, how would he be able to pitch with both hands? He's got that six-finger glove, and he would Yeah, flip. I know, but, like, is he legally allowed to go from one at-bat to the yeah, next? Yeah, Okay. He, he can do that, but he, that's allowed, but today only strictly threw it his right. I think he only threw against righties anyways. So. He did, one left-handed guy he faced oh, okay. using the right arm. But, you know, anyway, incredibly talented. I think he can help us a lot. I thought Bradley Lofton was impressive today, another freshman from – uh, Madison Soto Central. Central. Uh, I think it's Madison Central. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was big, he the lefty? Big left-handed arm. Yeah. Ran it up to 95 today. I was impressed with him. He. Those two guys, I think you're going to see end up in a weekend rotation. One of those two guys is going to end up starting on the weekend. Basically, take KC Hunt starts versus Arizona State. This Arizona State, this is a real series coming up. It's. I guess the question is, you know, who's going to start the Sunday? If KC Hunt doesn't go, you know, who do we have starting the Sunday game? 
You move. I think you move Gartman, or you don't. Gar- have, you don't have to move, move Gartman up. I think you. Gartman will start again. Who's st- you know? Who do you have coming in? I think you know that, that might get answered during. Sometimes having these questions, that, you know, whoever our midweek starter is comes in, and we've had varying success with that. We, you know, like you think of Houston Harding, midweek starter came in, great pitcher for us two years ago. You think of some last year Fristo, pitching <laughs> week, we move him to the weekend, doesn't really pan out. So I think it's a little too. We he probably will start, yeah, just because we don't have enough yet. But I, you know. By SEC play, I expect a new arms. That's another very interesting thing um, I, I want to see for this upcoming weekend is who starts on the Saturday game. Obviously, Casey looked just like he did last year. Personally, like I said, I'd start either Lowe or, or Bradley Lofton, one of the freshmen. I think they look really good. Another guy that we did not see pitch this weekend, Pico Cone. I expect him to start one of the two midweek games. Yes. That's a guy he was uh, by and a, far and above our best reliever last year <laughs> because we didn't have – Many at all, but expect him to pitch in the midweek games. Nate Dome, I thought was impressive. Uh, yeah, really, really, yeah, and, you yeah. know, back to back days, your first weekend. Is- he got the loss on Saturday, but there was a conglomerate of things that really, really went wrong that day, and it really wasn't his, his fault. But his stuff's really good. He gives up to 98, um, and he's got that shaved blonde head walking up to Eminem, and th- there's nothing. <laughs> With a teal glove, uh, you you can't and not just, like this guy. You can just guy. feel the anger emanating from yeah. him at all times. <laughs> oh yeah, Aaron Dixon uh, looked very very good today. I was extremely impressed. This this is a guy you know two years ago All American last year really struggled. Classic need to change the scenery scenario here, and I thought he looked he looked apart this afternoon for sure. A lot of swing and miss out of him, and a team that did not swing and miss much. All weekend, he was generating a lot of swing and miss. Really good fastball, good slider. Uh, I thought Nixon looked the part to be to be a solid back end guy for sure. Yeah, and walking out to Johnny Cash certainly doesn't hurt either. <laughs> yeah, that that doesn't hurt things at all. But all in all, you know, it was great to be back. Uh, I, I mean, I, we could I could literally talk about this for an hour. But you know, we got we got a lot of options, and this is why, you know, I got all the faith in Coach Lamonis that he will figure out something to help us win baseball games. And I guarantee you that, you know, no matter who's saying what on Twitter, Crystal Monis doesn't want to sit here and walk guys and lose games the way we lost last year. That's just not – I just don't – he's going to do everything in his power to prevent that from happening. But our basketball team, since our last podcast, huge win over Arkansas. We are looking – I still think – we, we're looking like a very good, uh, solid tournament team. Uh, I feel like we're going to find a way to get in. Bates' big game coming up Tuesday versus Missouri. Let's recap, though, real quick. What were your thoughts on the past two weeks from the basketball team? I mean, just about all you can ask for. Um, you know, two big wins uh, in that first week uh, really get us there. Tough home loss to Kentucky. Um, but it was kind of uh, – just kind of had that feeling of – you know, that would be the win to put us over before just falling short and then just taking care of business in Oxford on Saturday. Uh, going 3-1 and one in those games, you know, you, you've got to feel good about that um, with the chance to – Missouri and A&M, both good teams, but, you know, both – you know, a win at Missouri would be huge for us. Um, and then also, if we can't get that one, we have to win here at A&M. But, I, you know, oh, this is a week where 1-1 one and one probably helps you more than it hurts you. So, yeah, I mean – the. the what what's been said? I'm stumbled over that. What's been said is we got to play these last four at three and one. Yeah. So you got you got at Missouri, you got Texas A and M at home. 
You got South Carolina at home, then you go to Vanderbilt. Got to play those at three and one. But Phil, let's talk about the last four games. What were your thoughts about Arkansas and then losing at Kentucky uh, at home to Kentucky? Uh, really good performance uh, at Arkansas. They're one of those teams that we talked about in the previous podcast has been good uh, throughout the last few years. And their home environment is nothing short of spectacular. Although it might not have been the day we played them, uh, they've got a really good atmosphere. And it's one of the tougher places to play in all of college basketball, not only the SEC. And I've been really impressed with the way we've been putting it together. Uh, we had a four-game win streak and then uh, lost at home to Kentucky with one of the best atmospheres I've ever witnessed in college basketball. And that was just a game where we were just outplayed by better players. And it really wasn't uh, to our detriment at all. We played a really good game. Those were just five stars making five-star plays. Uh, and shout-out to the crowd and the, and the stands, uh, or the students, I mean. Um, really packing it out, white-out game, really energetic and fun to be at. And then this was scraping by an overtime win uh, at the enemy's place in Oxford uh, was really crucial. If we lost that game, it was certainly uh, the demise of our season. Yeah, that that loss would have killed us if we would have lost yesterday in Oxford. And honestly, it's just bad things happen when we go up there and play them, at least in basketball. I, mean, I heard uh, there's, a, there's a lot of state fans from what I heard, and you could hear the maroon and white chants through the TV. Uh, even on the road, so yeah, we're excited. We need to go three and one. I'm ready. Yeah, a lot of maroon up there. So, Ernest, let's just keep it simple. Do you think we make the NCAA tournament? Um, I mean, I think so. Uh, I think that there's a lot of teams that are, have been slipping uh, as of late and getting beat as well. Um, I think if we do go three and one, uh, and honestly, we can go four and zero oh to close it out. Um, but I think that we have a good shot in making it into the tournament. I just hope we don't end up playing somebody like a Kansas or something first round and get sent home. So <laughs> I think we're going to avoid it's a 16 seed. <laughs> yeah. I think we're we're going to avoid Kansas yeah. in the first round. We might get them in the second round though. I could see us being on that eight nine line and having to play a one seed in the second round. Well, if that's if they take care of business too, <laughs> that is very true too. <laughs> but then we'd have to play a high 16 seed. I'd rather I'll not do take that. Them. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, we got Missouri coming up. That's not going to be an easy one to win on the road. So, let's just say, I mean, if we, like they said, if we win that huge, massive, like, basically, we're going to be, we're even, we're going to be, like, next four buys, you know, type deal. Yeah, if it we puts can, us in the safe category. We're going to be very, we're going to be sleeping good at night if we can beat Missouri on the road. But if we happen to lose Texas A&M at home becomes one of those must, must win, win, you need to win it. And, and you really, you, like, seriously, you got to win. what stinks is that it's at, like, the same exact time as the baseball game. Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up. So, you know, we haven't announced baseball times yet, right? They're still waiting on that for the upcoming weekend? For the most – from what uh, I've seen. Yeah, I, I, I have not seen an I announcement. I think we got the, the midweek game times. We got the midweek game times. The but weekend I haven't seen. But the, the basketball game's at 2.30, I believe. Exactly. So, so Mississippi <laughs> State – Athletic department, if you're listening to the Put It in the Vault podcast, please. No, I would say they're not going to do that. They're not going to play a night game if they were. They've never done that. Make the baseball game at 11 o'clock. Make it early. Make it a night game. (laughs) Night game. Everybody wants a night game, but I don't think the night game is going to happen. I think you can look at the uh, example set by the Ole Miss athletic department from this past weekend when they put their baseball game at 12 and the basketball team played at 2:30. 
I mean, at least something like that. Oh, Just so they, they have time for the basketball fans to show up. <laughs> it was a raucous environment. Yeah. But at least, you know, what we're asking is do not put the basketball ga- or the baseball game at 2 o'clock, okay? I, I, give us the opportunity to at least see a portion of both games. Big series for the baseball team. Obviously, huge game for the basketball team at home. I hope people show up. I mean, people, if you have to choose between the basketball game and the baseball game, you really need to try and get the, get to the basketball game. And hopefully you, you'll be able to see at least, you know, five, six innings of the baseball game. And yeah. Arizona State fans and Texas A&M fans, you know, if you're in town, um, you're waiting for your game to start, uh, feel free to check out the other. Uh, they're right next door to each other while you're on campus. Saturday <laughs> game, 5 p.m. Is that what they said? 5 p.m. You're lying. Let me see I'm this. for real. Oh, that's awesome. Let's go, baby. Are we locked in, Bates? I, okay, this is going to be a good weekend. <laughs> we about to be lit. Put it in the ball podcast live all day. Must have been more time They must have just announced the weekend it. than during the week. They must have just announced that. Beautiful, beautiful right there. Love to see that. Glad I will be able to attend both events on Saturday. That's really big for the basketball team, too. I know, I know Chris Jans was probably aware of the – baseball crowds in general and you know if we can put i do want to put this on the record too if there's twelve thousand people at that baseball that game good. on saturday they're better we better be able to say, pack baseball, the hump. baseball fans if you're showing up early uh if you don't have anything to do especially, go to the hump especially the ones that travel in from out of, yeah, out of town like they got an hour or two drive come a little get bit here early. get here have a good lunch uh and then go watch the basketball team Bulldog burger the grill yeah there's Harvey's, a lot of great uh, sweet yeah. peppers deli exactly no, a lot of a lot of great stuff to do to start going to saturday this is what i'm saying mm-hmm. is if we can put ten thousand people in an outdoor baseball stadium when it's 25 degrees feels like outside then why in the heck can we not put 10 in the hump for a game that, that defines can, our season. Yeah, send us to the tournament, man. We're fighting for a tournament spot. Nothing better than making the NCAA tournament. There's going to be a lot of hype videos with coaches and players saying, get to the hump, get to the dude, pack pack them both out this weekend. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a fun weekend. Ernest, he fired up? I'm pretty hyped up. Uh, you going home. You going home, home, aren't you? Yeah, well, actually, <laughs> oh. yeah, I might have to. Uh, <laughs> Look at this guy. You got to put it in the vault, man. Saying he's going home. back home Thursday and then spend the night Friday and then come back Saturday morning. I'll see about that. Ernest's going to have to figure something out, but you know, yeah, we're excited. Bates. Bates. On uh, Wednesday, you're going to be at, at, doing hump day at the dude with taking a picture with a live camel. We're having a I'm, live camel? Yeah, we, we. I was unaware of this event. Um, but now that it's on my radar. Yeah, Bates will definitely make sure Bates gets a picture with a camel. Bates, you know, you had Valentine's Day this past week. Heard you had a date on February 14th. Yeah, unfortunately, I had to cancel that so I could be at the Home Run Derby. Uh, but then the Home Run <laughs> Derby ended up being canceled. So it was just really a, a lose, lose, lose for all parties involved. Who was the third party? Uh, the woman. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Bates said that's good. Ernest, any interesting news on your, on your end? You've been kind of quiet. Uh, I've just been taking it in, absorbing it all in. Uh, Life? I go make it, yeah, pretty much. Hoping uh, this March Madness bracket I'll make for the first time, win something. Obviously go in there and randomly pick, the, randomly pick teams and uh, see how that fares for me. Um, but yeah, I'm just the semester is getting a little bit more serious, so school is looking a little bit uh, more like school as of late. Um, so we're, we're having to put in that work. And uh Sports are heating up again, so I'm glad uh, we're going to have more to talk about on the podcast. Um, and, yeah, I'm just 
I'm 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 here for it. This is our last semester. Well, most of our last semester here. So, or uh, actually being students and participating in these in these events. So, I'm just trying to take it and take it all in and just enjoy it while I'm still here. So, yeah, you mentioned um, March Madness coming up. You're gonna make a bracket, and in the event we do make a bracket, we'll have to go through Nashville and play the Vanderbilt Commodores and. I heard within the last week or so that you yourself were in Nashville. How was that? Yeah, uh, it was an interesting experience. Uh, I think it would have been better uh, if it was more like a, I guess, like a bachelor trip. Because I mean, I feel like that's what girls do there. Like it's like a bachelorette. Yeah, I mean, bachelorette capital of the world and whatnot. So uh, definitely need to run that back again, but with just all guys. Uh, but shout out to Noah and Rachel. They were very uh, hospitable. Um, and, uh, yeah, I need you to just explore the city more next time and just explore Tennessee more as a whole. So, yeah. <laughs> you fixing to be living up there. Fix to be a resident of the great yeah. state of Tennessee. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. All right, I think that's going to wrap up what we got today on the Put It In The Vault podcast. We are extremely excited, excited about our baseball team, extremely excited about our basketball team. Should be a fun week in Starkville. Thank you all for listening, and we hope to have you again next time.